Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, guys, it's your boy Dylan at Thunder Chats here. Coming to you with another word from our sponsor, betonline.ag. And with our partnership with Believe, BetOnline's been there from the beginning. And so for them, I've got to tell you, football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is capital letters B-L-E-A-V to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds. Right to the Olympic coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host today, Dylan Hunsinger at Thunder Chats, and I'm joined by two lovely gentlemen in the state of Oklahoma. First, we've got Alex Roy. Alex, man, what's going on? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I don't know. I don't know what what the NBA thought with this whole week long thing. Like, I can't. You know, this whole after Sunday, no games till Thursday. That that sucks. You know, because there's nothing else on. There's no NFL. There's no. You know. Baseball, there's college basketball, but I'm not a huge college basketball fan, so I'm just a little bit waiting for Thursday. Yep, I feel that man. It's a it's a long time, you know. Uh, you know, we got the got the little taste all star weekend, and you know, it's four days without action after that. And you know, talk about college basketball. I'm watching my Kentucky Wildcats currently down five at home uh, to the LSU Tigers with about 17 minutes left in the second half. So. Mm. I will update you guys on that as, as the game couple, goes on. A couple, pros, a couple prospects in that game. I was like, please don't. Yeah, there, there are a few. <laughs> you know, we're missing Ty Ty and Severe Wheeler. We're missing our starting backcourt. But, you know, it's all right. I think I think we still got this. It's still – there's still time. We're down four now, But even for, even for LSU, you got – what's his name? Tari, Tari, Tari Eason. Eason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, don't bury the lead, man. We might talk about him later in the show, but – I'm just saying <laughs> – <laughs> no, you're good. Um, but hey, you, you heard him chime in there. We haven't heard him since uh, his legendary uh, time with Connor at the Thunder game at the VIP experience courtside seats. We got the one, the only, the incomparable Champagne Jerry. Champagne Jerry, how are you, sir? Man, I am 
I got a rush of serotonin coming to my brain right now because I'm hanging out with the boys, about to talk some basketball. Uh, man, life has been a whirlwind the last couple of weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, like I'm not even active on Twitter recently. Like I've just sort of just crept back into the the, the darkness and only came out to troll people. So um, yeah, it's 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 been crazy. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to see y'all. I'm happy everyone's doing well and um yeah let's let's talk some basketball man let's do it man you know so <clears throat> obviously as we alluded to this past weekend was all-star break we've had a, we've had a few days without any you know active thunder basketball to talk about but there is some things that have happened in the last few days and we're going to cover those in the segment we like to call the single large item all right boys so single large item you guys know the deal we're gonna you know, take away, uh, you know, one thing that happened in this new cycle of this past week, and we're going to talk about it. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and get it started, you know, just staying on topic of what we kind of talked about. Uh, my single large item is All-Star Weekend and how it was just Josh Giddy propaganda <laughs> in my <laughs> eyes. Like, obviously, we didn't get to see as much as, uh, as we would have liked to see in the Rising Stars Challenge because he was put on the most – um, poorly built team in the entire competition and because Jalen Green decided that he was going to go Kobe at the end of the game when he is not Kobe. So thanks for stealing my single large item. All right. Okay. Let me think of something else. <laughs> All right. Hey, you got time. I'm going to Alex next. So, um, and also because the scorekeepers couldn't figure out what team um, was scoring the baskets there early on. It's still unclear if they fixed that. Um, but you know, I mean, he had everything stacked against him in that game, but he still found a way to show out, you know, rebound the ball like a beast, um, you know, really kicking out to the shooters. Like, you know, you kind of got a glimpse into what, um, Giddy's going to be like when he's actually surrounded by shooters on his team. And it, it was fun to watch. Uh, he hit a corner three, which they ended up rolling a, a two, which, you know, hurt my feelings a little bit. But, um, you know, him and Mobley and that little shooting thing, uh, you know, together they started out four for four. And, you know, it took them a couple of times before Mobley finally hit that uh, – the Dame shot, as it were. And I'm glad he didn't hit that one. But, you know, I, I think all week you – you know, like I said, it was like a giddy propaganda thing. But the thing that I saw is like – Giddy shots really coming around. And, you know, I know a lot of these were, like, open shots, like, you know, that shooting competition uh, specifically. But, like, you know, he hit an in-game shot in the Rising Stars game um, in the skills competition, which I'm going to get into that in a second. You know, he was able to hit the shot over the, you know, windmill propeller thing in the bobs that were supposed to be distracting him. And, you know, he nailed it first try. And, you know, it's always been a swing skill for Giddy. And, <clears throat> and it wasn't – it was never practical to think that he was going to be able to shoot 40%, you know, by the end of his rookie season from the three-point line. But you could see his shot gradually coming around. And um, I'm not going to say it came to a head all-star weekend, but, you know, it, you just you just saw more confirming things there. Um, and last but not least, man, like, you know, skills competition, like, it, it was a really good idea. And I think that it's got some good bones, and I think that it could be the highlight of the uh, All-Star Weekend for years to come. Um, but one of the most poorly executed things I've ever seen in All-Star Weekend, like <clears throat> tiebreakers decided by outlet passes that nobody knows about, that being a tiebreaker 
And then uh, coming down to the finale, a tiebreaker being like, you know, whoever makes the shot <laughs> moves on to the finals. <laughs> like, just like, it it, 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 there was no rhyme or reason to it. And, but, you know, talking about being a Josh Giddy propaganda week, like, you know, in the midst of Giannis Antetokounmpo, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Kay Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, like all these great players, even though Giddy's team didn't win the skills competition, Giddy was the highest individual scorer in the entire competition. Um, he was the third highest scorer in the, uh, <clears throat> uh, what was it, the shooting competition uh, behind only Garland and Mobley. Uh, he, I think he was either the highest or the second highest in the passing and I think that he was the highest, uh, like the fastest time in the uh, in the little obstacle course thing. So, like you know, in the midst of Richard Jefferson just absolutely crapping on him and all the rookies in, in the entire commentary, like he was able to overcome that and put out like a really good showing at All Star Weekend. And you know, obviously he's a rookie. You know, the Rising Stars thing is for rookies and sophomores, so he'll be back next year and. Uh, hopefully we're going to talk more about him next year and hopefully, you know, he's in more of a chance to succeed. So, uh, yeah. uh well, sorry. I, you know, I went a long time there. Yeah, so. you really did. I wish you would have <laughs> shut the hell up. Um, I did. I just kept going. So Jerry, yeah. what, what, what was your thoughts about Giddy there, man? No. So I, I really just wanted to make a comment. You know, there's a rumor going around that, um, those little arm swinging things, uh, governor Stitt allowed, the all-star game to borrow him just to show how dominant Oklahoma is in the top 10 of wind energy. Um, Dylan, you're not going to get that reference, but some Oklahomies will. I, I trust um, you. <laughs> yeah. Some Oklahomies will. Um, no, man, he, he really showed out. Like I was actually kind of bitter that he didn't get to get some more run in that game. Um, like the way I looked at it, just keep all five out there unless someone gets in foul trouble or gets hurt. Like just keep your starting five out there. Yes, that was the most poorly built team. Like they had no rebounding prowess whatsoever. And no big man at all. Yeah, no. there was just nothing there. They um, had Giddy being like the the five man, bro. And he was he was getting boards left and right. Like he was putting himself in the right spot a lot of the night. And um, you know you said uh what like I said what I was gonna say about Jalen Green like the kid freaking ruined that whole game like the whole thing like yeah it was great for you to hit a couple shots you know in the beginning but those shots were terrible um just terrible looks except for I think like two of them which I think Giddy had dimes on mm-hmm. um and I mean just Josh Giddy just I mean, the, the, the kid came into All-Star break with, was it three triple-doubles in a row? Yep. I mean, the, the kid is hotter than Hades right now. And uh, his shot, just like you said, looks a lot smoother. It, it seemed to have a hitch in it, kind of, in the beginning, mostly in the legs. Um, and now it just seems to be just sort of free-flowing. Um, and his ability just to touch stuff off the glass is just ridiculous whenever he drives i mean he damn near hits the rubber on the top um and still has the correct english and the you know the right feel to it to to drop it so um you know draft night last year it's safe to say i wasn't on the giddy train um (laughs) but i am shoveling coal into that mofo right now uh trying to get this steam engine running because he's he's going to be freaking special. Like it's, it's just crazy that, that Presty had that type of eye for him and just was like, yeah, this is, 
y'all are stupid. I got the best person in the draft. Um, and he probably really believes that, which is great. Yeah, and what's crazy yeah, he, about – yeah, go ahead, Alex. I was just going to say, like, he, he just – I guess my question is to you guys is when Oklahoma City starts winning again, uh, which I, I believe is probably going to be this next season or, or the season after that, uh, but whenever that starts happening, who makes it to the All-Star game first, him or SGA? Um, uh, it's going to be him. It's going to be him. Yeah. And, and that's I, the reason I, I why. I, the Australia the connection. Well, that, and I think the publicity that he's gotten is he's gotten so much more pub on a national scale than SGA has. Um, now, that could that could easily die out. You could have a couple games of here or there where it's not too good. You know, you could hit a, hit a rookie wall, hit a sophomore wall. Um, but it just seems like people really love his game and love how he plays and – you know, as much as we don't want to say this, part of the All-Star game is a popularity contest. You know, it is who, you know, who who brings in the most, you know, kind of attention uh, sometimes. So I think when Oklahoma City does start to win or does start, you know, does start getting some more national attention, um, I, I do think it'll be Giddy that makes it to the All-Star game first before SGA. Even though SGA is, is a smoother scorer, he's, you know, he's the one that puts up the points. Um, I, I think that SGA has that other factor that kind of, you know, for some reason, just it it factors more. It, it shows more in, in the national media than does SGA. I, I, I think that it's more recency bias in that. Like, it might be, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's what a lot of, like, and I understand your sentiment there, but I definitely think it's more recency bias. Um I mean, when a 19-year-old kid – is he 19 yet or is he still 18? He's 19. Okay. When a 19-year-old kid posts up three triple-doubles in a row um, with a 2016-esque team like Russell had um, – or, sorry, yeah, 2016. Um, yeah, you're going to get some hype around the kid. Uh, you absolutely are. Uh, but I think – to, to, to say this, though, I think he'll be the first in the All-Star game, and the reason why is um, the Australian connection. Just being from that area of the world, like, he's got New Zealanders, he's got Aussies, he's probably got some people in Asia that watched him, you know, grow up. I mean, he's had – I don't know how many people show up to Oklahoma City from Australia to come watch him, um, which is just amazing. Uh but I'm still going to hope for Shea to go first in my heart just because he deserves mm-hmm. it. Like he should, he should have already been there twice if we're keeping it real. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know about twice. Uh, you know, if, if there's this shit, like, you know, a, like the biggest Shea fan in the world, like I, I, I'm claiming that spot because I mean, obviously like last year, absolutely. He should have been in it. Um, he should have been in it on the first voting returns – or not the first voting returns, the, uh, when the coach made the selection for the reserves. He yep. should have been made it on the injury reserves. Like, he should have made it a million times over last year. This year, like, you know, he had some good stretches, but, like, body of work for the season. Um, you know, his counting stats were about the same, but his efficiency fell off a cliff. Um, you know, he just – the eye test, like, you know, it looked – it didn't look as good as it did last year. So, like, I understand why he didn't make it this year. And also, his competition stepped up like crazy. Like, Ja wasn't in the, like, in the conversation last year. 
Oh, and yeah. like he's an all-star starter this year. Like Anthony Edwards was a guy that I was honestly surprised didn't end up making it, um, you know, even as injuries uh, came about. So <clears throat> there was a lot of the competition. But that being said, like I, I still can't disagree more with like you guys saying that Giddies can make all-star before Shea because like I, I think a lot of it is what Jerry's saying, recency bias. You know, Shea hasn't played – you know, it's been 10 games, like, NBA-wise, but it's been a calendar month <laughs> since, we had, we, since we've gotten to see Shea play basketball. Yeah. And, you know, in that time, Giddy's been showing out. And, like, you know, all credit to him. And, you know, he's building up a case. But, like, at the end of the day, like, hey, Shea's a better player, like, at this point in time. And I do believe they both have very high ceilings. But, like, I, I see a – What's the word? I see a more reliable pathway to Shea hitting his ceiling than I do Giddy. I, I talked about it on the Bricktown Breakdown pod with uh, Hunter and Clemente. Like, you know, we know what Shea does in the offseason. We know what kind of work ethic he has, the kind of drive he has about adding to his game and making a leap in the, you know, season coming up. You know, we can assume that about Josh Giddy. And, like, I'm not saying the kid's not a hard worker, but, like, you know, there's a difference between being a guy that, like, you know, grinds and a guy that like grinds, you know what I mean? So like he very well could go into the off season, come back and be a 40% three point shooter. And everything that I said is irrelevant and moot and like, forget about it. But we don't know that. Hey, plus one for you for using moot in a sentence. I like that. Good job, Dylan. Yeah. But but minus, but minus one, minus one, because he didn't, he didn't say his customary phrase of, you know, SGA goes in his bag in the offseason. You know, <laughs> uh, no, uh, and get in the lab, get in the lab. That's what I was saying. Get in the yeah. lab, there you go. Get in the bag, get in the lab. And, in all honesty, I feel like this team, like this year's team, is probably going to be one of the closest teams that we've seen since bubble. You know what I mean? The the the, the bubble playoffs in the bubble end of the season. Um, yeah. These guys yeah, really love each other. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like they're going to be together a lot during the off season. Um, just the way they talk about each other, just the way that um, it's always something uplifting. Like even, even Darius is like stoic post-game interview, um, you know, where he was just so dead serious. Like he's still, you know, you could see him light up a little bit um, whenever he was talking about his guys, you know, and, and all the work that they put in. So um, I don't know, man. Uh, all Giddy needs is just finish getting his testosterone from being in puberty, hit the <laughs> weight room, and he's he's gonna be straight. Like I, I don't know. That, it's gonna be a tough one. That's that's a really good question, Alex. Like that that's one to definitely ponder on for sure. Yeah, I I, I still stand next to Shay. Also, like my my final point is just like counting numbers. Like you know, Giddy across the board is probably going to have better counting stats in terms of like, you know, points, rebounds, assists, like add it up. But like, you know, at the end of the day, you don't see all stars that are averaging 13, 14 points in a game. And like, you know, that's what Giddy's doing right now. Like he's not like a scorer in this league. He's a guy that can do a lot of things and that's not a bad thing. Like you need guys like that, but Shea's a bona fide scorer, and, you know, if you look across the league – or, yeah, you look across the league in the All-Star game, like, those are, like, bona fide, like, 20-point-per-game scorers across the board. So, 
that that's my other reasoning. Now, I'm not saying I, I don't want Giddy to be an all-star. I want them both to be an all-star. I wouldn't be mad if Giddy got there before Shea. I'm just saying, like, I, I've seen a lot of pro-Giddy anti-Shea takes <laughs> in the last week, last couple mm-hmm. weeks, you know, during this time. And I just think people need to pump their brakes a little bit. Yeah, pump your brakes, kid. No, most definitely. Most definitely, because, yeah, that's 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 poppycock. Um, yes. Plus, yeah. plus three for Jerry for using the phrase poppycock. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all poppycock though. Like, yeah, yeah, they 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 definitely can play off each other. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for everybody just to get back already, and so we can just see what it looks like going into next year. Big facts, big facts. They, well, they just they just need spacing, man. They just need shooters around them, and it sucks that. Sucks that Muscala is probably going to be out for the season with uh with the ankle issue. Yeah, and it's yeah, a real yeah. it, it's a real ankle issue. Like, let's not go ahead and try to make this into oh they're just they're just taking no like he's, he's probably going to have surgery here soon. Uh, so it just kind of sucks that he's he's out and like the only true spacing big man that we have, you know, it sucks that he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. I just the next man up, and I like this small ball lineup that we have. I love it. Yeah. Oh God, I love it. For sure, man. And you know, uh, you know, before we get into the uh, single large item for Alex, I just want to say that Kentucky is taking the lead by five points with about twelve minutes left. So, <laughs> told nice. you guys, let's just calm down. I, I think we still got it. So, Alex, uh, what's your single large item, man? So my single large item. So over over the All Star weekend, um, LeBron had some comments to say uh, about. Uh, Sam Presti. So he was asked about Josh Giddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he kind of unprompted, unprovoked, just went on a, on a, you know, on a left field type turn. And he said, the MVP over there is Sam Presti. He drafted KD, Russ, Jeff Green, Serge Ibaka, Reggie Jackson, Josh Giddy. He also drafted Josh, uh, James Harden, but that's not here nor there. <laughs> uh, he said, that guy's pretty damn good. So, of course, when LeBron speaks and he speaks unprovoked about your GM, it could kind of ruffle a couple feathers. And the initial, my initial uh, response to that was why the hell is he talking about my GM? You know, what, you know, what is this guy trying to do? Because the one thing about LeBron James is that he doesn't do anything without a purpose. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's always a Yeah, Exactly. He doesn't say anything without a purpose. This guy knows that he is the he's the king of the NBA. He knows that. And he knows that his words move things. And so for him to say that unprovoked, nobody was asking about Sam Presti. Nobody's actually asking about it wasn't even a GM question. It wasn't even a, a Lakers, you know, hey, you know, um, who's the GM? Palinka. Hey, Rob Palinka, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. No, it wasn't even a GM question. It was a Josh Giddy question. So my mind got to thinking, and I'm like, why would he do that? Why would he say that? And so there's four reasons why I think he said that. So number one, he was giving him his flowers. Sam Presti is, you know, probably one of the best talent evaluators and talent cultivators in the NBA. It is very true what he says. He did draft three MVPs in a row, even though they didn't necessarily win it, win it on the Thunder those guys eventually all became MVPs and became top 10 players in the league talking about Durant Westbrook and James Harden. 
And he also cultivates talent very well. You know, those guys don't become the players that they are without them developing in a system in their first, you know, four to five years that allows them to expand their game and go on that, on that route towards being MVPs. So it's very true. And he, you're seeing this once again with SGA. You're seeing this with Josh Giddy. You know, hell, you're even seeing it with guys like Darius Baisley. You know, you're seeing a path towards where they may be heading into their veteranship in the NBA. Um, so that's number one. Number two, LeBron himself is a pretty good talent evaluator. And so the reason I say that is because he does have a son who has aspirations of going to the league. Now, whenever Bronny was a couple years before, everybody was like, oh, this kid's going to be great. This kid's going to be probably a number one pick, you know, in the 2024 draft. Fast forward to where we are now. Bronny's heading, you know, this is his junior year. He's heading into his senior year. Bronny's not really that high on the scale for players that are coming out in the 2024 draft. And so with that said, my third point is which team is heading into the 2024 draft with four, possibly five or six first round picks? Five or six. Who would that? That's just ridiculous to think about. Yeah, so so we have we have four, but then we have like the Washington pick and the Detroit pick that roll keep rolling with protections. So in 2024, we could possibly have upwards of six picks in the first round. So that would be us. That would be the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so I don't think we're going to have six picks. I, I'm pretty sure Sam Presti has kind of, you know, taken some of those picks and used them for other transactions. This is that. But even if we head into 2024 with, let's say, three or four first round picks, it would kind of make sense. If you want LeBron to come to your team to draft Bronny with one of those first round picks. And so Bronny still goes ahead and, you know, and becomes a first rounder in the NBA. You know, he still has two to four years of almost guaranteed money. Um, and he's able to kind of chart his path with his father by his side. Cause the one thing that LeBron wants is he wants to play one year with his, with his son, wherever that is. Mm-hmm. And then number four, OKC has a good reputation with players, among players, for being a, a, a stand-up organization, for being an organization that, you know what, if Bronny comes to town and Bronny's not that good, Oklahoma City will do what's best, what's possible for, what's best for the player and the person to have their, you know, to have that stay be as, as comfortable as possible and even that exit be as comfortable as possible. Um, and so I think when you combine all those things together, I, I think it, it makes like this is, this is LeBron James, the father, who is the star basketball player who has a ton of influence, putting influence in the league to be like, hey, my son is coming. You know, I want to play with him. And there's a team out there that has four, possibly six first-round picks coming up in the draft that he's going to be drafted in. And, hey, I like their GM. Their GM is good for being a talent evaluator, for being a talent cultivator. Um, and so, you know, that's where I think LeBron James's head was um, 
when he, when he said those comments. I could be completely over-evaluating it, um, but I also think that LeBron James doesn't say something without there being reason behind it. So uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, so <laughs> I'll agree with you on a piece of this, right? LeBron says things that he has intent with, right? But you made a couple points about, you know, just what the Thunder does normally, what they have done, just their, their behavior track here, all right? Just because one player says, hey, come on, does not mean we're going to do it. I mean, absolutely not. Not a 40-year-old LeBron James in our window. I mean, that's, yeah. that's our window. I just if, – if it was today, you know what I mean, or like this year or last year, down with that take. Absolutely down with that take. Um, but in today's terms, no, it doesn't fit the window. Bronny won't even get drafted. That's my take. He won't even get drafted. Um, I, <laughs> bruh, just looking at him, and if you think about the talent that is just around him at that high school, it makes everybody look good. Um, yeah. And I'm, and that's not a dig saying that he's not good, you know what I mean, or he's, he doesn't have talent. I just don't see him being a first-rounder, um, especially coming straight out. Like, I just don't, just don't see it personally. Um, not as big as his I think, dad, I, not as athletic. I think this is I, I think this is LeBron showing his ultra LeVar ball. So uh, it, I, I could I could see a piece of that. I, I definitely could. I just I, I think the things that I'm talking about, it being in our window and you know, those assets that we're gonna have, why burn one for uh an old ass LeBron? Like and, and don't get me wrong, I would love to have him around the culture. You know what I mean? For, for a year. Would love it. But what would it do long-term for us? Especially just Boy. taking on that money, having to pay him that much, and then uh, turn around and he's like, oh, yeah, thanks for letting me play with my son. See you later. All right? Like, I just yeah, I just don't see the value in that long-term person. I mean, that's, I just, that, that's, on, that's on down the line. You know, that's, that's two years from now, which doesn't seem that long, but that's two years from now. Like, I don't think it's that – I think LeBron, if he's still, let's say, 80% of what LeBron is today, that's still a very useful player. And if you're able to get him on a good contract, I don't think he's going to necessarily demand, you know, full-on full on max $50 million uh, contract. Nah, yeah, no, I, I think he will. I, I think that, you know, context is key here. Like, you know, we, you talked about, like, what he said about Presti, but, like, in that same, like, sit-down – or not really sit-down interview. I think it was, like, you know, the All-Star game availability. Mm -hmm. But he talked about how, um, you know, basically, like, if you want me, like, it, like it's plain and simple. Like, draft Bronny because, you know, there's nothing I won't do to play with my son. And he even said, Jerry – to his credit, he said, you know, money isn't a factor at that point. Okay, I didn't hear that part, or I didn't see that quote, so that's on me right there. So yeah. if, if he didn't say that, I just have a hard time believing that because it's literally Rich Paul and LeBron James and just see what he what they do to the rest of the league. So that's I'm, – I'm more basing it off of that, and yeah, I didn't no. know that quote. So No, it's not um, good. I mean – I mean, you know, I mean, LeBron's made like hundreds of millions of dollars being in the NBA off endorsements. Like, you know, he started his own agency, his own production company, his movies. Like he's, he's got his hands in a lot of things. The dude's not hurting for money. Um, at this point, like it's about legacy and history. He wants to be the first player to ever get a chance to play 
with his son in the NBA. And, you know, I, I mean, Bronny's not going to be, you know, Scoot Henderson, Victor Wambanyama, somebody like that. But I do think he'll get drafted because, like, you know, he, he – you're right, he doesn't have the athleticism or the size of LeBron, but he's still – like a skilled basketball player. Like, you know, he's he's a guy that can shoot. So um, is Leangelo Ball. And Leangelo Ball's in the G League. Like, he's – Well, he, but that, that, that's sort of my cop a, there. Yeah, he is. He is. We cut him and then he went somewhere else. I forget where. Yeah, he's on the he's on the Hornets G League right now with Lamelo. But, I mean, yeah. like – I mean, people drafted Thanasis Antetokounmpo. They drafted Alex Antetokounmpo just because of their last name. Because, like, hey, you know – why not take a flyer in the second round on a guy that, you know, whose brother has like the most unspeakable work ethic and transformed himself into one of the best players in, in all time. Like, you know, why not take that shot? So there's going to be a team in the second round. It's like, why not take a shot on the kid who gives us LeBron James to Alex's credit, you know, yeah, a lot about a lot of LeBron's game is going to age really well. Like, I think LeBron could be the Tom Brady of basketball when it comes to his game aging because he's taking care of his body. He's, you know, he puts a lot of money in to take care of his body. But, like, yeah, he's one of the most athletic dudes to ever play the basketball game. But that's not even what makes him so special. It's his skill and his basketball IQ. And, you know, he says money's not a factor at that point. You know, it's, it's going to, you know, we're, we're going to see if um, role, um, you know, uh, rotation, like, it, you know, how big of a factor it is at that point with what that team is. But, like, if LeBron's willing to come in and play ball and be, like, a connective tissue player at that point in time, like, assuming he's still not just dominating dudes, um, then, yeah, I, I have no quarrels with drafting Bronny for, you know, like one year of LeBron hmm. because I think LeBron even – at like, you know, at 40, like, you know, that's just a couple years down the line. Like, LeBron's still, like, when he's playing – Dominates games. Yeah, when he's playing, he's still an MVP caliber player. And, you know, like I said, like, even if his athleticism starts to wane, you know, like it does for, like, a Westbrook or a Blake Griffin or somebody else that, like, really relies on athleticism for their game, he still has his IQ and his skill to rely on. And I think that, you know, that's – you know, say you have Shea Giddy, you know, you get lucky and you get Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren, you get Scoot Henderson or Victor Wimanyama, and then you get LeBron on the team. Like, that's a really good starting five to run out there. Yeah. And I, I have one more point. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> one more point. Um, so, you know, we talked about how when LeBron says something, it holds a lot of weight. And, you know, anytime a player's come to OKC, they have nothing but great things to say about the organization, the front office, the fans, and even Oklahoma City. Because, you know, people have this skewed views of Oklahoma City as like this podunk town or something like that. But, you know, when they actually get there, they live there, like, you know, they, they start to appreciate it for what it is. If LeBron James comes in, even if it's just for a year to play with his son for the first time, you know, in the history of the NBA – he comes in there, he stays for a year, and then he starts telling people, like, hey, I love my time in Oklahoma City. You know, Sam Presti treated me right. The organization is top-notch. Like, the fans are amazing. Like, you know, the area is growing, this, that, and another. 
then I'm not saying Oklahoma City becomes a destination, but I'm saying you get free agents that are, you know, more high profile than Mike Muscala or Nerlens Noel or Patrick Patterson or Anthony Morrow. No, and, and I don't want it, everybody to get it twisted that, like, I wouldn't want it. I just – I'm worried about the price and what that would, you know, do for us long-term, especially, like I said, because that's our window. Like, I value that yeah. that section of time so much um, just because I know how how pivotal it's going to be for us for a while after that. Um, but, yeah, if, if we could get LeBron, you know, with, with both y'all's points in there um, – Sure, I'll, I'll take a Rich Paul connection for Oklahoma City for two hundred. Like I'll I'll take that all day every day. Well, we we got that already with uh, Baisley. Baisley. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, no, this that's no, not yet. Um, Wasn't Ferg a clutch client too? Or let me. He, he was. No, I think he was also. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was either that. Or he was Rock. He was one of the two. Um, but yeah. I would take that. I, I I would, depending on the price. I think that's just my big heebie-jeebie there. Yeah, and that uh, wasn't even me, like, trying to come at you. I was just trying to give my take on, you know, the whole situation. My bad if it, if there no, was no, no. all behind it. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I just didn't want anyone to think that, like, I'm just being a complete idiot about it. And I'm just like, no. You know what I mean? Like, that's so stupid. Yeah. Like, no, that's not it. I, I just, like I said, really want – it have to be for the right price. Yeah. I feel that. Well, Jay, hey, man, it's it's your turn. Your time has come. What is your single large item? You know, um, I, I think mine would be, and this is just a joke, um, <laughs> is that that uh, competition that they had after the Rising Stars game where they, you know, mimicked um, iconic shots in the NBA, uh, you know, and they timed them all. Um Whoever thought of that needs to be freaking fired. That was the crappiest competition in the world. Um, and this is my reasons why. All right. One, you weren't even close to taking the same type of shot in the same types of situations. Like not even close. No. You guys just said, hey, go to the same spot on the floor and shoot that. And then who was it? Book Knight? Was it Book? No, Scotty Barnes that missed the bunny like 16,000 <laughs> times. He um, did you took a shot at him. Missed it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if, if you're going to do that, make them shoot the original shots almost, you know what I mean? And what mm -hmm. I mean by that, like that one right there, that should have been a hook shot. All right. Um, the Ray Allen one, you really can't recreate that one. You can't really do the Dame one. Um, where was that other one at? The Reggie Miller, uh, wing three. There you go. And that's the one with the crossover. Was it not? No, yeah. he was coming off a screen. Yeah, make him come off, off a screen. screen. Yeah. Make him come off a screen. Uh, no, no, ain't that the one where he he stole the ball in the inbound and just turned around and shot it? No, nah, I think it was coming. I think it was yeah, coming out of, a, out of out of bounds off play. the screen, and they like uh, they like shoved their hands into his defender's neck. Uh, I yeah. think it was Michael. Yeah, it was somebody mm. big. But anyways, make just make it more realistic. If we're gonna do that. Um, I just think that would have you know added some more value to it personally, um, and then. Uh, yeah, Jalen Green sucks. Um, <laughs> that's that's really about it. Like, I'm, I was super bitter about it the whole time. I was like, what kind of shot is that? And, of course, you would get blocked so clean. It would be you that would get blocked that clean and then talk about you got fouled. And you dribbled it 16 times, you know, just to get that crappy shot. Um, 
with the you could have just won the game. Like legit could have just won it with the two. If I that's right, right? It was 48-48. Yeah, I think they were down or, or they were up one. They just needed one point or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. something easy. Like just go get your bucket, man. And then they go down on the other side of the floor and get that foul. Like it was just Yeah. And then of um, course Bane was gonna hit both free throws. Of course. Oh yeah. Because it was it was Franz, wasn't it? No. Did you see Cole, Cole Anthony pulled down his pants? Yeah. He, he shouldn't have free throws. People desperate times for desperate measures out there, man. <laughs> man, I'll, and yeah, that was my only gripe about about All Star Weekend. I mean, granted, that's about all I got to watch, but still, I, I just was like, we, y- y'all could have done so much better than this. Um, yeah, we did. Def- they just could have done better. Be better, NBA. Be better. I like it. All right. Um, going back to me, uh, my single large item. Um, I, I I just want to oh, talk. We're doing about, two. Yeah, man. You know, we just got three oh, okay. people. <laughs> I got to think about something. Okay. Cool. Uh, there you go. Hey, uh, you got time. I got you. So, um, I, I just want to talk about how this might have been the greatest celebrity All Star game, like in All Star Weekend history. Miles Garrett. I don't know if you guys got to watch this. He's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. He was just tearing people. Oh, blocking them, dunking on them. Like he, he was just he, he was a monster getting in the rebound. He was throwing like some beautiful outlet passes too. No, he's that guy at every rec center that used to play, you know, football and is out there and just killing everybody. And the reason why he never played basketball is just because he was short and stout or shorter and stouter. But no, man, they had some like well, but before I get to the legit hoopers, um the uh there was like a gold medalist high jumper there. Um, and uh, he got this tip slam and it was just absolutely like, it, it was ridiculous. Like it was a- actually a dope dunk. Um, I think the dude didn't end up with like 20 something shot attempts. <laughs> like he, he was trying to get his, but real James Harden or Jalen yeah. green. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But like that, that dunk was really impressive. And then the last thing, like, the uh, the two best hoopers from the entire night ended up being the uh, the country singer, the black country singer Jimmy Allen. And dude was like, he was rocking a do rag, and I swear he had just the smoothest stroke. Like I was like, yeah, somebody's got to sign Jimmy Allen to a two way because this man was filling it up. And then um, the uh, Peloton instructor, I don't remember what his name was. It's Alex something. He ended up taking the uh, MVP honors, but, like, those two were on the same team, and they were just going to work, man. Like, it didn't even matter that Miles Garrett was on the other side, but those two was just tearing it up. So, yeah, overall, man, it was a really enjoyable game to watch. Um, so, yeah, um, best best Liberty All-Star game ever. That's my single large item takeaway. Uh, Alex, I know we talked about it. I know uh, you had your, uh, your reggaeton rapper. I remember you talked about him. Yeah. What was it, Anuela or Anuel? Anuel Double A. Ah, yeah, yeah. I was never going to say that right. But I, I saw <laughs> he got some run. He got a couple buckets there. Did you get a chance to watch it this time? I did not. I did not, man. I was uh, – I didn't watch too much of the of the All-Star weekend, man. Like, I, I was on call at my job. Mm-hmm. So, I was working – I basically worked the entire, the entire weekend. Um. So, yeah, so, I, I mean, I got to see the All-Star game. You know, I got to see heavily the All-Star game, but I, I didn't see anything about All-Star Saturday. But from what I hear, you know, I, I know Jerry wants to fire a person that did the 
you know, the, the, the shots, but I want to fire the person who picked the people to participate in the, in the slam dunk contest. Man, like it's, Wait, I, I credit Obi Toppin. I, I I was hating on Obi Toppin before the contest, but he. But like does... we, we know we know Obi we know Obi is a known commodity as a dunker. Like we know that. Yeah, but yeah. not even just like as a dunker. Like he he really takes the spirit of the contest at heart. Like he tries to bring stuff mm-hmm. that you know other it's people different. don't do. Like he's original yeah. about it. Like I love it. And everybody's like, well, what else do you want them to do? Like they've been doing the dunk contest for twenty years. I saw an Instagram video of eight dunks that you've never seen in a dunk contest that were, like, if you do one of those dunks, you shut down the competition. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, it's ridiculous. Like, what was it? Like, 20 years ago, in an AM1 game, um, Air up there did a 720 in a game. Like, he did a 720 dunk in a game. Like, you know, so don't tell me there's not dunks people can't do. I'm tired of seeing the same stupid recycle cookie-cutter dunks. Like, you want to fix huh. the contest, like it's not even about like getting the like superstar players in there because Hami went in there and shut it down a couple of years ago. It's about getting guys that will go in there and be original. Um, mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's me on my soapbox there. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the Samsung contest the last two years have been kind of weak. Was yeah, it was a year before that was good. Um, Definitely has been kind of weak. And let's just keep it real, real fast. Vince Carter is the one that just ruined them and Aaron Gordon, and Zach yeah. Levine, that, that little run that they had just mm. ruined the slam dunk contest forever. Um, like, you really can't beat that. Like, Man. still, I still think that that Aaron Gordon dunk over the mascot, you know what I mean? That was one of the most ridiculous dunks ever. Like, like that's up there with the Vince Carter jumping over the guy. Um, um, Frederick Vice. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what's his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just jumping over him in the Olympics. Um, that was just absolutely positively filthy. The and whole thing know, was. And you know what was great about that particular contest? Because I rewatched it the other day because I was like, I got to get something to get this taste out of my mouth from whatever mm-hmm. was just on my screen. Is like, A, they were all like original dunks that you hadn't seen before. Like, you know, the under the legs, um, the one with the mascot on the, on the hoverboard spinning, and he grabbed the ball and did a 360 like crane dunk. Uh, Levine going between the legs from almost the – or, no, going a windmill from almost the foul line, between the legs from almost the foul line. Like, not only were they original dunks, but they were, like, dunks like, oh, dang, he pulled that out. I got to try to one-up this guy. Like, it's not just, like, some routine of dunks. It's like, oh, he did that. Not just that. Not I just that. My game. They did them all, like, in the first or second try. Like, this yeah. wasn't, let me try this eight times. No, they did them all on the first or second try. Well, and that's the other thing, like, that right there, because they're not that hard. And then, like, it's all, like, prop and, like, costume driven now, too. Like, that's just always what it is. Um, oh, my gosh. Cole Anthony and the stupid Timberlands. That was so Yeah, dumb. like, it, the, the whole thing is just goofy. Um, just super, super goofy. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they, they, they definitely need to step that up. It's like I saw a video on Twitter the other day 
of the um, it was a celebrity dunk contest. And when you talk about athletes, like did you, did you guys see that at all? Mm-mm. All right, so you had like so it was right after the '92 Barcelona Olympics. You had the gold winning high jumper out there just. Mm-hmm. Being stupid with oh, the ball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Mike Conley's dad. That's yeah, Mike, Mike Conley. Senior. Yeah, yeah, Mike Conley's yeah, yeah, dad. Yeah, Michael Irvin. Michael yeah, Irvin. Deion Sanders. Dion. Like you yeah, had that was that was epic. You had a butt. Like I would rather watch that than watch NBA players in the dunk contest now. Like straight up. Like I, I would rather watch that. Um, it's more impressive. Like you guys. Yeah, Mike. It, Mike Conley was dunking from the free throw line. Right. <laughs> Like he, he did a 360 and he probably could have got a half, another half spin in easily and just yammed it behind his head, but he decided not to. Um, how your dad, how your dad, not a basketball player. And he's, he's a better dunker than you are. Mike uh, yeah. Mike Conley's <laughs> mama must be really short. Cause his dad looked all of like six, six, like yeah, he six, did. seven. Like he, he, he looked big. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely need to step that up. Um, and the other thing that they need to pick up, pick up on is the location. Just bring one to OKC already. We got our tram. We got you a couple new hotels. We got you a nice little convention center to do all the interviews and all that fun stuff. Come on down. I mean, Just after LeBron down. plays here, it's over. I mean, it happen. might happen. It might happen after that. Alex, I think you were saying st- stamp it in there. <laughs> I, I wish I could. Oh, well, it, look at the way his hand is. It looks like he's putting something phallic shaped towards his mouth. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, last, uh, last thing I want to say about this, though. Um, I, uh, did you ever watch, did you ever hear the show The Dunking, Jerry? No, no. I think it was on TNT, but it was like um, Terrence J and I think Kenny Smith was the one that put it on. But they had guys like Jordan Kilgan, and, like, he's a guy that I knew, like, before the show came on. Like, he was, like, one of those, like, Instagram dunkers. Um, white dude with blue hair. I don't know if you know him. He kind of looks uh-huh. like a ninja. But, like, he's got stupid bounce. But, like, they had all kinds of dudes on there from, like, around the world just doing original dunks that nobody's ever seen before. I'm like, you know, if they can do that, then there's no reason I should have to, you know – have to witness one more just reverse East Bay that I've seen a million other players do. So that's uh that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, yeah. No, um I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Um and the other thing that I think that I would pay good money for, and this is my single large item, I would love if they had camera crews going around and just videotaping people's festivities during that weekend that are at the game like players, you know what I mean? Just like do little bios or, or docu-series around it. Yeah. Um, I just think that would be so freaking cool uh, just to see the type of conversations that these guys have against each other. Um, wait a second. What's going, what's going on here? Am yeah. I the Matrix? Oh, bro. Alex just keeps uh, – I keep freezing, man. I'm sorry. That is rough. I know it's cold outside, Alex, but geez, bro. Um <laughs> No, I just think that that would be pretty cool. Um, just expand it to just be a little bit more fan inclusive, more than what it is now. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with that. Kind of like what they do on like a, on a draft day, how they like follow the draftees like throughout the day. I'm like where all they go before the draft, leading up to the draft and everything. 
Yeah. Or like do like a hard knocks version, but all star game. That'd be dope. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool, man. I'm with it. I like it. Uh, I like, I love hard knocks. Like I, I need an NBA hard knocks like yesterday. That, yeah, it would be, it'd be the coolest thing. Cause we'd be on it probably next year. Um, so that, that'd be nice. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, haven't made the playoffs in a couple of years, so we will yeah. qualify, uh, you know, to the NFL Actually, hard knocks rules. It'll be the Kings first. I mean, that's they're just deplorable. So they want people to watch it, Jerry. Huh, you're not wrong about that. Never mind. Thunder mm. it is. Thunder it is. All right, Alex, finish this off, man. What is your final single large item? <laughs> finish this off. Oh, stop. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> um, Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, I should have been thinking about something. Um. Uh, yeah, my single large. Uh, so okay, so I got something. All right. You know what? Just because you win a three point contest doesn't mean you're the best shooting big man oh, in NBA history. God, Bro, thank you like, for saying that. Thank you. Like, there's a guy named Dirk Nowitzki that won an MVP, won an NBA championship. That man is the best shooting no. big man in NBA history. Like, don't like, like I, I cannot. Get it. No, Anthony Towns. I understand, and I know this is gonna hit a nerve when it comes to when it comes to Dylan because of his Kentucky roots. But that ain't you ain't that guy. You ain't that guy, Cat. Like I'm gonna love you if you ever come play here, but you're not that guy. So let me just start off by saying I totally agree with you, Alex. And secondly, that is some bloody Devoff disrespect right there. Okay, um, he's the best shooting big man of all time or uh, outside shooting big man of all time. Um, that's definitely sarcastic. Oh, uh, huh? Yeah, say, definitely man. being sarcastic. There's, there's, um, some, there's some champagne in, the, in that system already. I wish I wish. No, uh, totally agree with you though, man. Like I thought that was super cheesy, but then I thought about who it was and it's just like, yeah, it's going to be super cheesy all the time. Like no matter what. Um, sorry, Dylan, not sorry. Man, there's, a, there's a lot of slander going I just, towards the Carl Anthony man. I just don't. I, I've, I've never been a huge fan. I just haven't. Like I respect his game. I respect the way he can play, but he just. I mean, you let Jimmy Butler punk you the way that he got punked. Um, man, that no. was that was years ago. Like, he's he's a different player, different guy. Like he's gone through a lot. Like I mean, I was happy for him. You know. You know, just just having fun, man, because, like, it, he's had just an absolutely terrible, like, past, like, year and a half, um, you know, losing his mom to COVID, and I think he lost another one of his family members to COVID, like, so. No, he did. Rough for him, and, you know, I, 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 I even said that, you know, I thought he was the best shooting big man, you know, not thinking about Dirk, but, like, I think he's right there, and I think he has potential to pass him up because, like, you know, Dirk was a guy that, you know, his game was his elbow. Like, you know, that that was like his bread and butter. But, like, you know, he could stretch out to three. Cat's, like, bread and butter at this point is, like, his three-point shot. He's a guy that can shoot 40% on eight attempts a game, off dribble, off the catch, you know, whatever you need. Like, he's that dude. And I actually picked him going into the contest because, you know, obviously the Kentucky roots, but, like, 
you know, we've seen what he can do, like shooting the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was happy for him. I, I think, it, you know, it is a testament to, you know, how good he is, you know, whether he's the best shooting big man of all time right now. Like, and that's, that's besides the point. I was just happy to see, um, you know, something good, good for Cat and for him to enjoy himself. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'll I let him have a pass with this one. I, I okay. think, uh, you know, he might surpass him at, at some point, but you know, just just let him have fun, man. He's a kid. You made a good story. Good story, Dylan. <laughs> I'll, I'll let him have this one. Um, no, I, I guess with my single large item, um, and I'm gonna puke saying this, but it was pretty freaking impressive to see Steph break that record in the way that he did. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Like that was so disgusting. Some of those that he took, like whenever he got to the record, it was like, mm-hmm. what are you doing dog? And it was just wet. Yakum. Like it would give my change. Like it was just all day, every day. Um, that was just, that was just really cool to see it. And it's fitting for him to have that record. I mean, it absolutely is. Uh, Cause who had it before him? Um, he had 14. Uh, I know Russ said it at some point. Oh, no, you're talking about threes. Yeah. Um, well, Clay, I think. Was it Clay that had it before? For threes, okay. yeah, in the game. I, well, no, I'm talking about All-Star game. Oh, All-Star game. I'm not sure, yeah. honestly. Kobe yeah, maybe? someone else had – yeah, it might have been, but he uh, he ended up smashing that record by a few. Um, no, no, Clay still owns that record, I'm pretty sure. Um, Steph's got close. But, um, yeah, man, that was, that was just really impressive. Uh, still hate him, but great shooting, man. Great shooting. For sure. Yeah. I, um, you know, it was funny, obviously they was in Cleveland and you could tell that like LeBron wanted MVP. Like, you know, at, at his own time, like you could tell that he wanted it, but, um, you know, you could also tell that his shot just wasn't falling <laughs> like he had planned for it to. And so, you know, later on in the game, like, you know, Curry was kind of like, I think he hit like four or five in the first half. And then yeah. that whole like two hour um, NBA 75 thing happened. And I even tweeted, I'm like, well, this is going to throw off every, every guy's rhythm. And yeah. to his credit, Curry came out, even more on fire, I would say, in the second half. And, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. Like, some of the shots he was hitting, like, he did his patented turnaround before the ball – like, as soon as the ball leaves his hands, like, more times than I could count. Yeah. He did, and, yeah, he, I think he did it three times in a row. Um, um, he, he did one, like, right from the logo. He pumped fake, got by his guy, put it up, and then stared right at Trey Young as he walked back yeah. down the court. Yeah. No, man, it's it's – it's definitely impressive. I, I I hate even saying it, but it's impressive as hell to watch him do that. The, yeah, the logo. I, I hands down best three point shooter ever. I don't think we're ever going to see anybody as good as him. I don't care what anybody says. Not even Trey Young. Not even Trey. Yeah, no. I I mean he's he's different, man. Like, yeah, you know, there's there's like standstill three point shooters like you know Ray Allen and. Uh, Reggie Miller, you know, even coming off screens and stuff like that. But, like, yep. to do what Steph does off the dribble is just stupid. Yeah, you never seen something like that. Um, stupid. 
Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Hey guys, Alex here from Topic Thunder. Uh, I got a question for you. So what's more important than peace of mind? Absolutely nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. With all the threats that you face today on the internet, whether you're on your computer, whether you are on your phone, whether you are on your tablet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. $4 a month. That's a cup of coffee nowadays. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and protect your assets that you have online and get Nord to help you with that. That's NordVPN. So, a little peek behind the curtain for everybody. Um, this is kind of funny. Um, I feel bad about it. But so, as you guys know, Alex has been having technical difficulties and um, he's had to leave the Zoom and join the Zoom about five different times. Um, every time he does that, his previous. <laughs> his previous window stays open on the zoom. So I have like five Alex's in the zoom. And after a while, you know, it, it, it got a lot on my screen. So I was just removing all the duplicates so we could have the one that was talking. So the final time that it did that after I removed them all, um, his internet crapped out again. He tried to jump back in that says the host has removed you from the meeting. So you're not allowed back in. <laughs> Oh no. So, Alex will not be joining us for the remainder of the podcast. And I am sorry about that, Alex. Wow, that's impressive. That's impressive. 
He said in the group chat, he's like, damn, man, I started talking about cat and you kicked me out. <laughs> I see how it is. That's funny. That's funny. Um, now, um, no, it's, that sucks, man. Him living in Lawton, that internet service fighter sucks so bad. They're so terrible. So terrible. Yeah. But anywho. I feel that. My internet sucked for a while, and then they finally put fiber on my street, and ever since then, I've been living – Living the life with the Wi-Fi, but um, get it. But hey, that you know that's that's Wi-Fi talk for the day, man. Let's uh, let's talk about you know this the people keep saying the second half of the season, like you know, like no. two thirds of the season is over. Yeah. Let's talk about the last third of the season, um, going into these last. I think Alex corrected me before the pod. Last twenty four games remaining, yeah. Um, and just talk about kind of what we're looking forward to. Um, you know, I'll. I'll go ahead and start. Like, I'm looking forward to see Shea Yodelis Alexander play basketball again. Um, you know, news broke today that he is active and he will return tomorrow um, to play against the Suns, even though Chris Paul will not be God. playing out yeah, for the that's, six to eight weeks. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but, you know, Shea's back. I'm looking forward to seeing him back out there. Um, you know, I want to see him to, you know, continue moving the right direction. You know, I don't think you know he's going to shoot 50 40 90 in the stretch or anything like that but i'd like to see him you know take good shots um you know be aggressive get into the rim but also like not not abandon the three-point shot but you know just you know take what the defense gives you because i feel like he takes such a high degree of difficulty on his threes and he actually shoots a really good percentage um off the catch from the three-point line so uh, a lot of the times he'll get he'll get it on the three point. He'll be open and he'll pump fake and drive instead of just shoot it. So hopefully he'll he'll start taking a few more of those. And that's kind of what I look forward to, man. I just want to see Shea back on the court again. No, um, I'm, I'm ready too. I think everybody is. I, I don't know, man. There's a lot of people on Twitter that was wanting to get rid of him, like Giddy on the show <laughs> here Good recently. Lord. But, Jake uh, Fisher. No, I'm totally kidding. Eh, stop. I, I, was, I was totally kidding. Uh, yeah, no, I got you. Uh, what, what, what you looking forward to seeing in the back third of the year, Jerry? Um, I think I'm just ready to see the competition level sort of just stay up. Um, I think that, you know, with Shea out, a lot of those guys found a nice little groove. Um, we pretty much may, remained competitive through that stretch, you know, give or take a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'm, I'm really ready to see just that competition level rise up a little bit and, and see some of these guys fight for either time with us, you know what I mean? With, with, with the thunder, mm-hmm. um, or, um, uh, you know, go, go find a home somewhere else at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's. I think I think that's what I'm excited for is just watching all the guys. You know, there's there's been so much growth, Aaron Wiggins to um, seeing Roby back. You know, with Jay Rob being hurt, I, that's been kind of refreshing. I'm hoping to get some more of that. Um, gosh, I'm just ready for Thunder basketball. Like, yeah, like if they're wearing on my jersey, I'm gonna rock it and be excited to watch the game. So. Um, definitely just want to watch the Thunder basketball. That's what it really boils down to. Um, and whenever I said competition, like not win games, though, 
like yeah. lose by like one or two, you know, keep it, keep it close. Um, and um, get ready for the off season. Like I just, I have a really great feeling about this, this year's draft and this off season. Um, I just, yeah, I just truly believe this is like that next evolution of, of what we're going to see. Cause we just saw something grow this year, you know, better than what it was last year. Like this team is head and shoulders way better than last year's team. Yeah. Way better. Um, with that core, uh, bench Baisley loving it, you know, <laughs> dude's a monster. Um, I mean, Teo getting some run. I'm, I'm just ready to see these guys all, you know, go battle for these. Trey minutes. Man? I don't even know what I was thinking. I dreamt <laughs> about him last night, actually. Um, yeah. Trey man, like, Holy shit. What a, what a, um, a rise, you know, that we got out of him. Cause wh- wh- where do we get him at? Pick 18. Was it 18? Okay. Um, I don't know why I was about to say 13. Um, cause you know, a real cool moment is, uh, we got to sit with, uh, Angie who's, who's on Twitter, um, and with D and, and Tiffany and, uh, Angie invited me and it's in the family section of the tickets. Like where all the families sit just right there oh, behind yeah. the bench. And um like I got to see Trey Mann's family. Like whenever he had his first big game, I'm trying to think of who it was on, but he he dunked on somebody like hard, like oh, yeah. really hard on the baseline. Um it was early in the year too. Um was that a Lakers game? I think it was the Lakers game because that's the game that the Lakers fans, there was two of them in front of me, one of them try to carry two beer or three beers and food at the same time and ended up dropping one of the beers and we all made fun of them. Um, and then the other guy, after they'd won, it was like, yeah, no crap, dummy. Um, he had like this like little rope chain. Like I could have literally broke it with my pinky. That's how thin that thing was. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Lakers, purple and gold. I was like, bro, I will literally rip that thing off your neck and steal it. Like stop. Um, but yeah, the the the, the Trey Man ascension um, has that's exciting. Um, I've, the one thing I want to see from Shea, just because you had said this, is I'm hoping that um, Mark starts putting him in like some different pin downs and coming off different types of screens mm-hmm. uh, just to take that shot. You know, that's one thing yeah. that I really want to see added to his bag, you know, ending this year so he can go into the off season. Cause if you remember a lot of the off season clips that he was, you know, posting online or that we got to see online were either three pointers, you know what I mean? Step back three pointers mm-hmm. or, you know, off the dribble ones um, or it was finishing at the rim, you know, floaters, touch shots, things of that nature that we were mostly seeing. So I just want to see a little bit more of coming off these screens Um you know, you have a guy like Giddy handling the ball, you know, a defender makes a mistake. He's going to make the right pass. You know what I mean? Every single time. Uh, I just think that's something that we need to add to our arsenal going into next year. So I'm hoping we see that a little bit more. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, something else that we did see in the offseason he was working on a lot was like his strength and his lateral quickness. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I speculated that I, I think that he was going to work to – you know, really try to improve his defense this year. And like on ball, uh, you can you can see a little bit of improvement. I think he's been a lot more engaged as a defender uh, on ball. Off ball, he still goes to sleep every now and then. But 
even as a help side defender, man, like he's got on a lot of blocks this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think there was a four game stretch where he had like six blocks at one point. So like I, uh, I've been really impressed with him in that aspect, but yeah, I mean, the main thing I want to see from him um, and, you know, Dagnall kind of alluded to this is like, you know, the team plays differently when Giddy was out there and, you know, everybody knows that. And Dagnall said he, you know, he, he and Shea has like discussed that and, you know, he said Shea's not a selfish type of player. Like, you know, he's the mm-hmm. guy that, you know, wants the team to win, wants the team to succeed, and he's going to do his part to make sure that happens. And so, you know, he's talked about, you know, how to get him going off ball, how to get him, like, you know, more in sync with Giddy instead of, like, okay, you're handling the ball this possession, I'm handling the ball this possession. So, yeah. uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how that comes to fruition, you know, in these last few games. Well, I think what would be cool though, too, is you put them in pick and roll action. Like together. Like, I think that that would be like, yeah, I think it would be great. I don't know why. I just have like this like feeling that it would be the most awesome thing, especially with Giddy off the dribble. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Give me that all day. Um, Yeah. That's, that's, those are the big things that I want to see, you know, going into the, going into the end of this year um, and just losing lots of games. Let's, let's get those lottery odds up boys. Cause we, who do we have? We have Mike out the rest of the season, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, J Rob, he's going to get looked at here in the next week or two. Right. I think that's, I think so, that's yeah. his timeline. Um, I mean, who else have we, have we lost to injury? Wiggins is back. Kenrich and Dorter out. Are they, well, is Dork going to be out still? He's out for next game, yeah. Wow. I can't believe they did that. Okay. That's, and then the, Kenny, uh, that's the face injury, I think, or the head injury or whatever. Yeah. I guess they, they're just going to let it heal up the rest of the way. Okay. Whatever. And then what's wrong with Kenny still? I thought his was just an ankle sprain. Uh, I, I, and to my knowledge, it is. But they got him shut down. I think they also got Ty Drum shut down. Golly. Yeah, I mean, so we're going to – we're going to see a lot of run from, from a lot. Yeah. We're losing a lot of games. Let's just put it that way. We're losing a lot of games. Yeah. And they, um, they recently uh, signed Olivier Saar to the open yep. two way spot. So. Yep. Um, hey, I like watching him in the, in the G league though. That kid has a motor, like it does not stop. Well, I haven't seen much of it at Kentucky, so I'm glad he's got it now. <laughs> yeah, he like, he, he's just a rebounding machine. That's what he was doing over there. He was just, gobbling it up because what is he like seven foot he just doesn't have a huge wingspan if i'm remembering right yeah he's seven footish he uh he reminds me i, I think i said a comp for him was uh moses brown mixed with scallop this year so that's uh i'm, I'm kind of standing next to that for his cop for his comp like you know i don't think that he's gonna be anything special but you know they decided he's worth a look even though dj wilson's been tearing up the g league as well i thought it would have been interesting to see uh, him so, and get the two way, but you know, whatever. There's got to be something there. There's got to be something there. It's either that or they're just gonna throw Sar there and just see what, see what he can do at that level. Because I think you're right. DJ could definitely probably just come in and be like another Dort type bruiser, you know, on on in the NBA. Because he's yeah, he's definitely a trash man. Yeah, in a good way, in a very good way. <laughs> In a good way. Um, Jerry, uh, before we move on to the next part, I just want to 
throw in that UK did win that game by five points without our nice. starting backcourt at home. So uh, just just had to throw that in there. Um, cool. Shout out Oscar Shibway with 17.16 rebounds. Uh, I love that man. Hey, uh, what are y'all ranked right now? Uh, we are we are six right now because uh, we lost to we lost to Tennessee at Tennessee. Um, you know they they beat us by fourteen, which was seventeen points less than what we beat them by at Rupp Arena, and we was out without Ty Ty Washington. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll get our revenge. I, I'm I'm pretty confident we'll get our revenge on them and Auburn in the SEC tournament, but. We play Arkansas on Saturday uh, at Arkansas, and they are ranked 18 now. So that's going to be a tough game. I can see you and Chris Fullerton right now um, talking (laughs) smack to each other back and forth about Arkansas and Kentucky. I can't wait. Yeah, he, uh, you know, I I was on the Bricktown Breakdown podcast last night, and they was reading questions, and he asked, he asked what we thought about Jalen Williams as a prospect. I guess he plays for Arkansas. Or Arkansas, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I know absolutely nothing about the guy. <laughs> I was like, he's got a cool name. That's that's all I got. <laughs> so, oh God. Yeah, so I'm you know I'll see him Saturday, and I haven't really dove like head first into scouting at this point. You know, I have some guys yeah. that I like, but I haven't dove into it, but. Uh, we're about to dive in <clears throat> to the shallow end of the scouting spectrum right here uh, as we kind of talk about the draft. <clears throat> you know, we talked about the tank race, and right now we're number four in the reverse standings. Uh, six games – or, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, six games back from Orlando, the top spot. Um, three games back from Houston. Indiana's right on our trail. Uh, one game behind us at five. And Sacramento is uh, three games behind us at six. But, you know, ever since those two teams swapped their star players, um, you know, it's, it's hard to tell what's going to happen there. But yeah. I, I'm not too scared about either one of them catching us, honestly. No, I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think Sabonis makes them a lot better. And, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I like Indiana's just what they got going on there right now. Yeah, Halliburton's just like so fun. I really enjoy yeah. him. Yeah, poor kid. Um, let's uh, you know, we we kind of have this segment, you know, a few weeks at a time. I think it was the prospective prospects is what I called it. Oh gosh, um, which, you know, we just kind of talk about a guy. Uh, in the draft that, you know, we just want to kind of, you know, draw attention to and say that we're kind of keeping an eye on as we near our, you know, diving deep into scouting. So, uh, yeah, let's jump into that, man, our prospect of prospects. And, uh, you know, while you come up with one, I'm going to go ahead and go with mine, and that's Keegan Murray, uh, power forward out of Iowa. Uh, you know, this guy's a – you know, he's got a good frame on him. He's six foot nine, uh, 225 pounds. Um, he's a guy that's kind of a jack of all trades. Honestly, his game reminds me a lot of Franz Wagner. Probably not as good of a defender as Wagner, but you know, still a solid defender. A guy that can shoot the ball, has high basketball IQ, um, can do a little bit of playmaking as well um, on the Iowa team. And uh, yeah, I, I I've grown to really like his game. Anytime that I get a chance to see his tape, I, I like what I see. He's not, you know. 
obviously, you know, he's a little bit lower in the lottery right now on Tankathon. He's projected going eight to the Spurs. So he's not your like home run player, like a Jet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, or anything like that. He's more of like Jet a connect. Home. Yeah. He's more of a connective tissue player, um, you know, to have like maybe not even a starting lineup, but maybe even a guy that can come in and, you know, be that guy off the bench for you. To, like, you know, I could really see him thriving alongside, you know, like Trey Mann and Darius Baisley. Like, I, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But, yeah, he's he's a guy that I'm slowly starting to keep an eye on. And, honestly, if I was, like, ranking my prospects, he might be five or six at this point. So, yeah, uh, Keegan Murray, that's my guy. What, uh, what, what about you, Jerry? So, you're going off the premise that who we're drafting this year and where are we drafting these guys at? No, not necessarily where we're drafting them. Just, you know, just a guy like, you know, in the top 30 picks that you'd like to keep an eye oh. on. Oh, oh. That yeah. we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Um, sorry about that. Uh, no, I like the kid from Ohio State. Eugene Waddell. There we go. There we go. Um, I knew it was – I almost said E&J, um, which is a liquor. Um, <laughs> no, I, I actually really do – I like – just like what he does. He has a high motor, really athletic. He looks like he's kind of smart um, and would fit in our culture. Uh, and it's kind of the prototypical Sam Presti pick, you know, six six seven. I think 240. Yeah, 240 been in college for two years so he's been around the game enough to to move to that next level um i think right now he is projected i have two of them pulled up he's projected 20 on the yahoo and then i think 22 on the espn um hmm. 28 draft. on Tankathon right now too yeah so he's he's sort of all over the place um my big you know and i wanted to start off saying this so my big like eye test for me personally, when it comes down to, to draft prospects, especially ones in college, um, is March Madness. Like I hold yeah. so much weight over March Madness. It's ridiculous. Um, Cause you're playing on the biggest stage, just the running games that you have to be on having to prepare for multiple teams, you know, all at once, you know, it's, it's, and you don't know who you're playing. Right. It's not like you get a set schedule in the regular season and you're like, oh, yeah, let's plan for these guys. And you can pre-plan the plan and get it ready. This you got two teams to prepare for. And sometimes they're not finishing their game till way later on you. And then you're playing the next night, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, or two nights later. And that's that's a hard adjustment to make, you know, for anybody. I don't care who you are. Um, So I think that's what really separates, you know, the the. I'll, I'll use a, uh, I think it's, it's Ric Flair, you know, the cream always rises to the top, um, you know, and I think March, yeah, I think March madness does that. Um, so, and, and I think the reason why I said EJ is I've watched who were they playing the other night? Cause I watched probably like 10, 15 minutes of it. And he was just all over the place. It was a conference game. It was a big deal. Was it Indiana. No, Could have been. I don't remember. Anywho, um, uh, he just he he just seems like he has some intangibles, and I think his stock could rise. I was just like, I kind of like you. I like what you do. 
Um, cause he's more of like a, he's a really big hybrid. He's probably closer to a Ford than, a um, than a, uh, center. Like he plays more like a center than a forward, but he does have some skill sets of a guard too. There we go. That's what I was trying to get out. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, he's in our range though, which would be cool. Uh, depending on what happens the rest of the way. Yeah. Like right now, like, you know, um, I said in Tankathon there, it got him at 28. And obviously we have uh, the Suns pick this year, and right now that's pick 30. Um, yeah. You know, with the Chris Paul moves, news that might move down to maybe 29, maybe 28. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, man. Like, I, you know, I saw uh, Sam Vecini said on somebody's podcast that after the first 15 guys, he not – sure if half of the guys can stick around in the league like if they're actually NBA players and Mm. I've seen other draft evaluators like okay we need to pump our brakes on that kind of take but you know there's just there's a lot of discourse uh with this draft class you know I think that uh Andrew Schleck talked about it this year like you know there's a lot of discourse in the 2013 draft class but yeah like there's talent to be found in that draft and this draft and every draft you just got to find it. Like, you know, there's going to be misses and you just got to do your best to, you know, do your best scouting and try not to get one of those misses. And specifically at the top of the draft, Presti has a really strong track record. So, uh, you know, I think we're in good hands. We just got to, as we say, trust the Presti. No, absolutely. I was about to interrupt you and say that, like, great Great things we have, or great thing that we have, the best front office in the league, hands down, per LeBron James. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 kind of impressive. Um, no, and and I, I just want to make one quick point, and I have to say it because it's been on my mind recently when it comes down to the draft. I'm officially off the Chet Holmgren train. Are you? I'm off of it. That high? I'm off of it. Why? it's just I don't think his I think that's this is another Adam Morrison like it it could be you know what I mean like it most definitely could be just their styles are very very much the same their body types are very very much the same not the same haircut or the crappy beard but like it's it's so much alike like it's to me it's just uncanny how much it is and they they did play the game a little bit differently right adam really liked to just stroke it from outside chet's like yeah throw me in a corner i'll do it but like everything else just reminds me of that and um like and and i had to you know sort of swallow a bitter pill here because i love poku but like i don't think he's ever gonna fill out either like i just don't see it happening it's like it's genetics you can't change those sometimes. Um, yeah, you're freakishly tall, but you're never going to be, you know, way more than 230 wet. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm off the Chet Holmgren train. Like, give me Jabari first and foremost or uh, Paolo. That's all I want. Yeah, like, I, I, I've got to push against the Adam Morrison take. You know, I, I can see maybe offensively they do a lot of similar things, but I think, uh, A, uh, I think Chet is a lot more skilled offensively. 
Um, he's not asked to do as much as Adam Morrison. You know, Adam Morrison was the engine for that offense, and sure, you know, Chet has yeah, Chet has some better you know some better teammates around him to kind of carry the load offensively, and that's not really at, like what he's asked to do um, at Gonzaga right now. But defensively, I think it's night and day. Like the things that guy can do around the you know interior in terms of like deterring shots. Um, and blocking shots like and I was most definitely talking offensively okay okay I I, like that's that's where my whole like tirade was just focused on was just the offensive okay okay sorry um no and and I totally agree with you on that they play two different ways right they Mm -hmm. had two different you know um jobs on those teams um I just there's just something about the body I just that's my big like bugaboo with it it's like he's not going to be able to last a full 48 minutes in an NBA game early. He's not, not against big men. He just won't. Yeah. Especially in the conference that he's playing in. Like, I'm sorry, you play in the the WAC. Like it is not the strongest conference in the nation by far. I think they're still in the WAC, right? Then I think it's the WCC. I think they changed it. I think that's what I've heard some people refer to it as. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's played against some strong competition. He's played against Paolo um, and Duke. Um, they played against another ranked team. I forgot what it was. Like, you know, those are early in the season. Like, they're non-conference. They actually played some, you know, really good teams, and they was able to come out on top a couple of times. But let's – but is – and we have to be honest with ourselves. The NBA bodies and what happens in the NBA is completely different than college ball. Yeah, for it's sure. night and day. Night and day, physicality-wise. Nightmare. For, for sure. But like, and th- this is another thing, like, you know, you talk about intangibles in a player, and this is just like, you know, players that got it, and players that don't. Like Poku, for as much as we love him, for like how how crazy he is and how like theoretically funny he is on the basketball court. Like Chet is all of that, but Chet's got some dog in him, man. Like he's a guy that doesn't back down from anybody. He's a guy that will, you know, block a shot and, you know, kind of, you know, get in your face and me mug about it. Like, you know, he's he's got an edge to him. And that edge could be, you know, what pushes him and drives him, um, you know, to A, want to be better, but, you know, want to work on his body. You know, I mean, obviously they've got like, you know, this program they're trying to do for Poku. But at the end of the day, it comes down for how bad do you want it? And, you know, I haven't seen that edge out of Poku like I've seen out of Chet personally. So, uh, you know, that, that could be the difference. I, I, I think you should pump your brakes on saying you're out all the way. You know, you talked about no. March Madness. Like, you know, give, give Chet at least the chance to get to March Madness see what he does then. It's just the body. It bugs me, man. I'm sorry. No, I, I get it. He's, he's small. He, yeah. He already weighs more than Poku, though. He weighs oh, yeah, uh, but he's also like – yeah, but he's, I think he's also, like, at least an inch taller. That's where that's at. Yeah, he's he's seven foot, 196, dog. Mm-hmm. And Poku is uh, 6'11", 185. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the extra inch. And Chet probably has a big wing. That's the other piece. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we're going to. We're going to transition to our close, and it's going to be our uh, Shay and Nay of the week, man. Um, and I'll go ahead and get it started. 
I just got Shay, man. Um, you know, yeah. Nova got to come home on Saturday after a month in the pick you. Woo! And, and, you know, he, he, he played possum with us a few times about, you know, there's plans for him to come home and then he'd get some infection just from being in the hospital and being around sick people all the time. Yeah. And, you know, he'd have to shake that. And around the time he'd shake that and then plan for him to come home, he'd pick up another one. So, uh, you know, the cards finally, uh, you know, were in our favor and he was able to come home Saturday and he's been doing great ever since. Uh, he's, he's sleeping at the, at the other end of the room right now. And, uh, you know, I think, he requires a little bit more attention, a little bit more treatment um, uh, throughout the night. You know, keep keeps me up a little bit later and everything. But you know, the important thing is that he is home and uh, he he's doing great. We just got to get him back on track. So that's my shave for the week. And you know, uh, I, I kind of talked about this on Twitter. You know, I haven't been as active, um, specifically like game day posts i haven't done a single game day post since nova's in the hospital just because like you know a like you know my attention and everything was kind of like you know with nova in the hospital and i was on twitter everything kind of is like an escape but like i couldn't muster up the optimism positive energy that like i try to exude on a daily basis because i always had that in the back of my mind so you know now that he's home and now that you know we're starting back up tomorrow uh you know the Thunder basketball uh, game day tweets will be back. So by the time you hear this, you, you will already see a game day tweet on my account, but that is why. Oh man. So one, don't apologize or even insinuate an apology. Okay. Don't you ever. Um, Two, I'm amped up. Big dope dog is home. Finally to come rule the roost and put all you little punks in check. Um, (laughs) but that's just, that's just awesome. Um, I know it's been a journey for you, man. And, and, um, you know, I'm just speaking for, for me and my fam, you know, we love you guys and, um, we're just happy for you guys that, that he is home finally. Cause we were, we were right there with you. Um, you know, maybe not in thought or physical form or not in, through text or physical form, but in thoughts and, and talking about you guys. So, um, yeah really happy for you guys man i definitely appreciate it man yeah uh, the love and support and the prayers and good thoughts and everything that everybody gave us through the time was uh you know like it, it like I, I say it all the time like it's like my go-to thing but like it literally means the world to me so definitely appreciate it and a lot of things mean the world to you um <laughs> no i'm just joking uh so i have Okay. Um, so my shave for the week, uh, I got to go play golf on Sunday and, um, it's par five. Okay. So let me set up the story here. Hit my best drive of the day. Okay. Ends up on the right-hand side. Have a little bit of a slice whenever I get through that thing a little bit too quick. Mm -hmm. So it's on the right-hand side of the fairway. Pull up my three hybrid. So I hit it about two, I think it was 245 whenever I chopped it off. Um, I was still 243 out to the, to the green. So I was still 243 yards out. I took out my three hybrid and smoked this ball onto the green. Smoked it. Like it was ridiculous. Not only did I smoke it, 
I got it within like probably, I think I was about eight, nine feet out from the hole on yeah. the green in two. So that's part one of my shay. Um, <laughs> because for me, that's a big freaking deal, especially the journey that I've made with golf over the last two and a half years. Um, but how did you finish the hole? We, we must know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Um, so I'm, if anyone has been around me and played with me before, um, I'm going to watch my time start and finish. I'm a very fast golfer. Like I'm quick. I don't sit there and, and, you know, read every single green perfectly. I get the basic gist of it and just try to get my feel up there close. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Try, try to get it in there. I don't sit there and do too much of that, that extra stuff getting dead on my knees and whatnot. Um, but I did this one cause it was an Eagle, but absolutely did. So I read this thing out. And when I tell you, I literally missed my Eagle putt by a whole inch. Yeah. I missed it by a whole inch. So no worries. I get a birdie every so often, right? They don't happen all the time. Yeah. So I was very elated with the birdie, but I, I, I was definitely bummed out that I, uh, I missed my Eagle opportunity. Um, and then the other thing is the day before I missed a hole in one by six inches. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I was anybody that's listening that seen my tweet. Um, I was definitely pointing my PP to the target um, <laughs> the whole day. It was great. Um, but anyways, that's my shade of the week. Uh, my day of the week is this weather, man. It's absolutely killing my soul um like killing my soul uh so i don't know about you guys you guys might be getting that storm here in the next day or two actually probably the next day um yeah we got a lot of it pretty much rained all day yesterday but it was like warm it was like 60 and then the temperature dropped out to like low 30s today oh yeah it's coming it's yeah. coming. It's a. Uh, it's not. It's not too too bad. Um, but just this weather bums me out, man. Because uh, on the weekends, I'm ready for it to be warm, so I can get outside, go do stuff around the yard, um, get the pool area ready. You know, get the garden beds ready, start planting my summer crops. Um, I'm just ready for that. So this weather's really killing that vibe right now. Feel that putting a damper on the productivity. Yep absolutely terrible well yeah i'm uh, i'm hoping we don't get any sleep like you guys got that would uh that would be slightly depressing yeah the man the thing about the rain man it makes me sleepy especially with like staying up late for like doing nova's midnight treatment every night yeah and waking up again for his well i'm up anyways for work but like you know getting up after i've been used to just getting up and get ready and go to work like getting up getting him ready and then getting myself ready and going to work sure um, that on top of like it just being gloomy and rainy outside like, it's been hard to stay awake at some points at work <laughs> well one very hard just go get you a monster um chug that thing real quick and you'll be up and, and ready to go um, because you have a terrible driving record and that's the last thing that you do is to go to sleep. Um, terrible driving record. I think you've been in 73 accidents since we've known each other the last four or five years. So that is um, inaccurate. That is just right. simply inaccurate. I've I might gotten, have embellished. I've gotten stuck a number of times because it won't stop raining and 
they send us to places that they shouldn't send trucks but i have not been in an accident i'm knocking on the wood the wood desk right next to me i've not been in a car accident vehicle accident in three years so people don't forget dylan i remember the last one yeah you're you're an elephant man you don't forget i got you (laughs) elephants don't forget they do not well jerry that's uh that's all the time we got for today you know we for for there not being lots to talk about uh we we sure ran our mouths for quite a long time so uh guy i hope you all enjoyed um you know our conversations that we had i hope and i want to thank you guys for listening to the pod i want to apologize once more to alex for accidentally uh kicking him out of the zoom and (laughs) thus kicking him off the pod for the night but uh you know we'll rectify that he'll be back next time uh and yeah guys i hope you guys have a great night god bless wear a mask where you need to vaccinate if you have not hoop when you can and i miss hooping i've been hooping so long and as always thunder up thunder up yeah i don't know why i say thunder up like that i'm just gonna thunder up yeah you sound like johnny bravo <laughs> hey there pretty mom <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.